Well, howdy y'all. Welcome to episode number 24 of Once Upon a Time in Texas. <clears throat> I'm your host and producer, Michael Mitchell. Um, welcome. Glad you're here. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Um, holy smokes, 24 episodes down. Seriously, that's a six months worth of podcast for me so far. I really wasn't sure where I was going to take this, what it was going to do. I just knew that I wanted to get started and uh, do something. And so here we are. I've been getting a lot of good feedback from people and, uh, you know, telling me, hey, it's pretty cool. <clears throat> Even had a few folks tell me that they like my accent, <laughs> the way I talk, um, which this is just me. So I don't really have a whole lot of help with this. Uh, pretty much it's just me in front of my computer in my kitchen with the door shut so the dang kids will stay out. But uh, that's just kind of how I roll. <laughs> there it is. So we have started getting listeners kind of from all over the globe, which is kind of cool. I've got uh, some friends that I met through scouting over in Scotland, um, Belgium. I even have a few folks in the UK. And, uh, and on that note, I want to give a big howdy to uh, Kim Jackson's sister. I'm so sorry I've forgotten your name, but uh, I'm pretty sure that we've met a time or two. Um, you know, and I just, Kim was like, hey, you know, one of the people that you got from the UK, that's my sister. And I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't even put two and two together. So uh, to Kim's sister, I just say, howdy, hope you're doing well. And uh, I swear I'm trying to keep your sister in line, um, but I just don't know that I have enough time in the day. <laughs> oh, she's going to be mad when she hears that. Oh, well, anyway, <laughs> I love giving Kim a hard time. And I, I know that even though it rarely shows on her face, deep down inside, she really appreciates me giving her a hard time. At least that's what I like to think. So anyway, for those of y'all that follow the podcast and listen to me pretty regular, thanks for sitting here on the back porch with me. You know, I I just love telling stories and just finding stuff out. I have a lot of fun doing this, and I, I learn a lot of stuff along the way. I mean, I just kind of go, ooh, I didn't know that. And then I talk to friends, and they go, ooh, I, I didn't know that. You should put that in your podcast. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, I, I did last week. You didn't listen, jerk. <laughs> oh, anyway... Recently, I got my uh, yearly email asking if I would be a ham radio operator again um, this year for a big bicycle race here in Wichita Falls and surrounding area. I don't want to mention the name yet because it actually made this list when I started researching, um, you know, researching what we're going to do our topic on this week. And so, um, yeah. It just, it popped up and I thought, well, that's kind of cool. And, you know, so this email came through and I thought, you know, maybe I ought to look into this a little more and see what other kind of cool stuff is happening in Texas. And so our topic this week is not bicycle races, as you might think, um, but more just interesting festivals and events here in Texas. Some of them are a little odd, I think, Um but not surprisingly, uh, we have one or two festivals and events around the state. Some of them are a pretty big deal. So I pulled out uh, eight that I thought were kind of cool. And uh, I'm going to learn y'all a little something about festivals right here in the great state of Texas. So 
Before we jump into it too much, I do want to spend, uh, mention my sponsor, which is me and American Mortgage Company, which is the company that I do, uh, do my mortgage stuff with. I know there are tons of people moving to and in Texas, and I know a lot of you guys do too. So let me help them out. I am an independent mortgage loan originator working with American Mortgage Company. Um, we help people finance their dream homes right here in the great state of Texas. Getting a mortgage is not always fun or something that you really want to do. I know I don't. Um, but, you know, most folks have to since you don't have a couple bajillion dollars sitting around in your bank account. So why not work with somebody who's at least entertaining and works hard to make that process painless? You know, somebody like me. <clears throat> so if you know someone moving to or in Texas, send them over my way. Send them over to themichaelmitchell.com. That's T-H-E, michaelmitchell.com. Let me help them out. Remember, when you work with me, I take the attitude of, I sell dreams, not mortgages. So there you go. Send them my way. Um... So, all right, so let's go ahead and get to the meat and potatoes of this here podcast. On this crazy ride today, we're going to touch on eight interesting Texas festivals and events that I found. So first off on our list is the O. Henry Pun-Off World Championships. That's right, folks. I said puns. Uh, this is an annual festival that is actually in its 47th year in 2024. It's held in Austin, Texas, which, of course, why not? Because one of the big things is keep Austin weird, and there's lots of weird stuff that goes on down there. Um, so I like keep Austin weird. Um, the event celebrates the art of pun making. People from all over the world gather to participate in pun-offs, where they try their best to make the most creative and funniest puns. So basically, it's almost like dad jokes, from, from what I gather. On their webpage, on the About Us tabs, it starts with, Lend us an ear, and we'll give you more corn. <laughs> um, yeah, so the people who first attended the first O. Henry Museum pun-off, um, that's how they were welcomed. It started off that way, way back in 1977. And then it goes on to continue to say, shucks. Of course, it's corn-related. Now, 46 years later, the pun-off continues to amaze, M-A-I-Z-E, people with wacky wordplay and homegrown wit from powerful punsters who are outstanding in their field feel like that was a lot of corn jokes all in one spot. That's tough to do. So they have several events, including the punniest of show and the punslingers, and of course, everything you would find at a good old-fashioned festival, including food, drink, games, and merriment and fun. Um, but what is a pun? Well, that's great because their webpage actually answers that too. It says, the answer isn't terribly complicated. A pun is the humorous use of a word or words in such a way as to suggest different meanings or applications or words that have the same or nearly the same sound but different meanings. Hmm. Then it says, just think homophones, or homophones, sorry. 
And you're most of the way there. Yeah, they even have a game on there where you can test your knowledge as to whether or not something is a pun. Uh, I did not play it, but I would say go check it out. So we focused a lot on the festival, but what exactly, um, you know, a pun is, that's, that's one of the things that we talked about. But so we talked about the festival, what exactly a pun is. Who is this O'Henry guy? Because I was like, I don't know. Well, it turns out it's a pseudonym, <clears throat> which is a, uh, uh, it's kind of like an alias, I guess. So lots of writers use a pseudonym for a guy by the name of William Sidney Porter. And he was a famous short story author from the early 1900s that got kind of famous for using, you guessed it, puns in his short stories. Uh, he had an interesting history, which you can read about on the O. Henry Punoff uh, World Championship. He was married to a lady in Austin. Uh, at I guess at some point he gets arrested because he was working as a bank teller. And I don't know, there was money missing or something to do with fraud. Um, he ends up spending six years, I'm sorry, a little over half of a six-year um, sentence in prison. And then he moves off uh, back east, ends up in New York, and uh, starts writing under this pseudonym, uh, I guess after his wife died, and starts writing under that name and, and just starts getting kind of big. So it's kind of cool, but yeah, the uh, the connection to Austin is uh, because he, you know, because he married a girl from Austin and lived there for a while. <laughs> so there you go. Number two on the list. The Great Texas Mosquito Festival. Sorry, Mosquito. I call them mosquitoes or skeeters. Um, yeah. The Great Texas Mosquito Festival. This sounds like a terrible festival. Um, but then I read more about it and I was like, well, that sounds kind of fun. So the festival is held in, man, and I should have looked it up. I don't know if it's Clute or Clutie, Texas. C-L-U-T-E. Uh, anyway, Clute or Clutie, I probably should have looked that up. And for anybody listening from Clute or Clutie, Texas, man, I apologize. Shoot me a message and let me know how to say that right. This town is just south of Houston, uh, almost on the coast, and is just north of Freeport. And the festival celebrates, uh, you guessed it, mosquitoes. Right? I mean... Mosquitoes, are they the, really the unsung heroes of the insect world, or do they just suck? I don't know. <laughs> it's held in July of each year. The original story of how the event got started, again, per their website, because some of these you kind of have to go do a little digging, goes a little something like this. <clears throat> and it says, From his vantage point, high atop a moss-hung oak, Willie Manchu rested from his long search for a perfect home and surveyed the scene below. Here in the early summer of 1981, the sights and sounds that greeted him were a delight to his senses. There were healthy, energetic humans playing ball, swimming in an Olympic-sized swimming pool, enjoying state-of-the-art playground equipment, and laughing and having fun. Willie's discerning eye noted the lush greenery surrounding the homes and schools in the neighborhood, springing, as he does, 
from the finest bloodlines of southern Brazoria County, he realized that he had, at last, found the land of his dreams. Willie Manchu quickly marshaled a group of humans as his official goodwill ambassadors and began preparations for the first of the annual festivals that honor him and his fellow mosquitoes. The last Thursday, Friday, and Saturday of July each year. Yep, I think there was a, I don't know, maybe they talked to O. Henry about doing that. Maybe not. I think O. Henry had uh, passed away <laughs> by then. <clears throat> so the festival's highlights include a contest. This, this is my favorite part. Where participants compete to catch and squish as many mosquitoes as they can. Obviously, a lot of them haven't been on a Boy Scout camp out because I am an old pro at that. They have a board of directors for the event. <laughs> they are called... <laughs> this just tickled me too much. The, <laughs> the board of directors is called the SWAT team. <laughs> so stupid. I love that. Uh, they have a huge set of events, including competitions for washer pitching, horseshoes, uh, kids and adult run, cornhole, uh, fajita cook-off, mosquito calling. I have no idea what that is, but pretty sure I don't want it. And then, of course, bands. <laughs> uh, SWAT team. I <laughs> uh, just love it. That's pretty smart. Uh, that It makes me laugh, too, because uh, when I went to school at Oklahoma State University, um, there were uh, young girls, high school girls, running around with shorts on that had SWAT really large across their rear end. And for the life of me, I didn't know what that was for. And I also felt like swatting um, their behinds would probably get them upset and me in trouble. And so after about six months of seeing these little shorty shorts with SWAT on the rear end running around, somebody finally mentioned to me that that stood for the Stillwater Aquatics Team. For their local high school. So, thank goodness I didn't go swat one of these young ladies on the rear end because, uh, I don't know, I'd probably be doing this podcast from a jail cell. Speaking of speaking of Stillwater, Oklahoma, um, this next event really took me back a little bit. Um, although this is not in Stillwater, Oklahoma, I'll tell you what the, uh, what the relationship is there. Number three on our list is called the Testicle Festival. That's right. The Testicle Festival. This is a... Uh, I put it down as Bizarre Festival. It's not really bizarre. Uh, it's held in Fredericksburg, Texas. Um, and it features, of course, deep-fried cow's testicles as the main delicacy. And, of course, they've got barbecue and all kinds of other stuff. Uh, pretty much anything that you can smoke or eat, they've got it there. But cow testicles are the big thing. So, yeah, you heard that right. It is a Texas delicacy. Um, people come from all over the world to taste this unusual delicacy. Uh, now when I grew up in small town, Texas, out in Henrietta, we always worked calves in the spring, sometimes in the fall. And that meant making little bulls into little steers by castrating them. Why do we do this? Well, their bodies tend to grow better for meat when they aren't trying to grow for breeding. So cow testicles are one thing. I mean, we would have a bucket full. We would take them home. We'd wash them up. 
season them, fry them, yum yum, right? Uh, my mom still won't eat them, but dad and I do. So cow testicles do go by a few names. Some people call them calf fries. <clears throat> Some people call them Rocky Mountain oysters. I've even heard them called nut nuggets. <laughs> that one kind of cracks me up. Um, but when I was growing up, some uh, a friend of mine's parents owned a restaurant there in Henrietta called JC's Bunkhouse Barbecue. And calf fries were always on the menu, and they were delicious. Now, we did work there um, some, helping you know the family out. And, of course, us being a bunch of young, strapping, growing boys, part of the deal was if we came and worked for them for a couple hours. You know, we got to cook something up for ourselves. Well, all of us fought to not have to peel the skin and then chop, chop up the uh, calf fries that came in. Because while the smell in, in raw form wasn't necessarily bad, uh, it was a smell that wouldn't really come off your hands um, for a number of days. So you kind of always knew who had cut up the calf fries for the week. Because <clears throat> they just had that smell. And so, but they're delicious. Once the, I mean, most things are once you fry them, right? Um, we even got my cousin. I don't want to say her name, but um, we got my cousin to eat her weight in these when she was little. She was down visiting us, and she wouldn't eat anything but chicken nuggets. So we got her a giant plate of calf fries and told them they were chicken nuggets. And uh, she chowed down on them. Like, I mean, went to town. Thought we were going to have to roll her out of there. Uh, my aunt was absolutely horrified. And uh, not sure. I think she's still a little pissed about it to this day. Uh, but hey, my cousin liked them. So whatever. I mean, we finally got her to eat. <clears throat> so <laughs> anyway, uh, this event, this testicle festival is real similar to the one that I attended in college. So here's here's the tie-in. Went to Oklahoma State University, and we did have a big three-day testicle festival. Uh, and that's what they called it. And it was held at a big bar um, that was kind of out on the outskirts of town. It was a three-day um, beer and drinks, barbecue, and then music. And I, I wished I'd held on to some of the tickets um, because I saw some great country music people back in the day. Saw so cross Canadian ragweed when they were uh, <clears throat> they were kind of blowing up, which is a whole other funny story. Uh, well, I'll tell you this right quick. So my cousin Robbie pulls up to me one day. He he sees me leaving the parking lot, and he pulls up and he's like, "Hey, do you want to go see CCR this weekend?" And I'm like, "Oh my God, heck yes, I want to go see CCR. That sounds amazing. Like that's so cool." Can't believe they're coming to Stillwater, Oklahoma. And he said, who do you think I'm talking about? And I'm like, Creedence Clearwater Revival. And he's like, you're an idiot. I'm talking about cross-Canadian ragweed. And I'm like, all right, I am an idiot. And uh, sure, I'll go see them too. But I'm not as excited about, you know, Creedence Clearwater Revival. <laughs> and so, anyway, so, uh, yeah, the Testicle Festival up there was a real blast. Uh, it was huge on barbecue and bands. Um, but mostly we would just go out and get a little nuts. <laughs> uh, no pun intended back to the O. Henry pun off. I don't know. Maybe, uh, the festival in Fredericksburg is held in May of each year. So put it on your calendar. Fredericksburg, man, I'll tell you what, if you guys have never been out to Fredericksburg, Texas, it is an amazing place. Especially if you guys like to ride motorcycles. They've got all kinds of cool rides around the place. 
Um, my father and I have ridden our motorcycles down there quite a few times. And then they've gone down and met some friends at, you know, Airbnbs and bed and breakfast, stuff like that. And my father always spends a ton of money at a place called Wild Seed Farms and uh, then always complains, you know, the following year that, you know, not many of his wild seeds came up. It's probably because he's not planting them right, but he doesn't like to read instructions. So there you go. So number four on our list, this goes back to my intro uh, where I was talking about getting uh, the email to see if my uh, participation was going to happen again this year. It's right here in good old Wichita Falls, Texas. And it is called the Hotter Than Hell 100, or Triple H, as some people that don't like to sell, say hell say. So the annual Hotter Than Hell 100 in Wichita Falls is a bicycle ride that takes place in the middle of the summer heat. Yes, folks, it sucks. Even if you're sitting in an air-conditioned truck, it still sucks sometimes. So the riders must pedal a hundred miles or a hundred kilometers. They also have 25 mile, 50 mile, 10K. They've got a run. They've got a, oh, what do they call them? Gravel grinders where they're all on gravel roads. They've got a BMX track. Like it is a huge stinking deal. And so... But mostly, a lot of folks do the 100 miles under the blazing hot sun. And when I say blazing hot, folks, I'm telling you, it has been miserable in the past. So, uh, it does, uh, or it is, the largest single-day century bike ride in the United States. Now, we do, I mean, there's actually like four days of events, but the actual Hotter Than Hell 100 is, is on a Saturday. And it's a big deal. Like we close down streets and roads and stuff and there are bicycles freaking everywhere. <clears throat> so the race was first held in 1982 as part of the Wichita Falls Centennial Celebration. The name is, you know, because of that kind of a rare example of a triple entendre. So 100 miles, i.e. a century, and 100 degree Fahrenheit weather, so because it's held in August, you know, temperatures are frequently well above 100 degrees. And it was initially conducted to celebrate the city's 100th anniversary. So that's kind of cool. Uh, I did not know that, you know, that's kind of, I knew when it started, but I didn't know it was a triple entendre. So the race begins around 7 in the morning. Uh, participants in the 100-mile route must reach Hell's Gate at the 60 mile mark, no later than 1230, or else they cannot qualify to finish the 100 miles uh, segment. Um, Burke Burnett is typically where Hell's Gate is. <clears throat> and so they actually have a cutoff there. If you don't make it by that time, they shut the bad boy down and you're not doing the back end of the course. <clears throat> so they send you on a shorter route that kind of kicks you right back into Wichita Falls. So averaging about 20 miles an hour, it is possible to complete the ride in five hours or less for well-prepared athletes. However, most completed in six to nine hours. And I will tell you, there are a lot of not well-prepared athletes that, uh, well, I don't even know if they qualify for athletes. I have seen some people pull up where I'm at um, that I would normally not even think would get on a bike, but they do. So approximately 10 to 14,000 riders participate each year. So it does, again, make the Hotter Than Hell 100 the largest 
sanctioned, and that's important, largest sanctioned century bicycle ride in the U.S. And uh, I did find a note, 2009's hotter than hell. We had over uh, 14,000 riders, and I remember that year. It was a big, big year. <clears throat> like I said earlier, I just got the email requesting my volunteer support again at rest stop number one in Iowa Park, Texas. Uh, I provide radio support mostly for the medical tent. Um, rest stop one is always fun because the majority of the riders come through there. Um, you know, we have some uh, a fair amount of folks that do like the, uh, you know, the the 10 mile, 25 mile. Yeah, 10 and 25 mile. Uh, and so they cut off before they actually get to me. But the majority of the rest of the people go and do this. And so we'll have, you know, eight to 10,000 bicycles come through. Um, I've participated in all kinds of things. Um, I've hauled water in the past. Some of the rest stops actually don't have water on site, like out of a spigot. So uh, it has to be hauled. And I know that our local OA lodge, which is tied to um, the Boy Scouts here, um, we haul all the water and they make a pretty good donation for us. I've been on sag wagons. And so if you have, uh, have people that are falling behind or they felt a little ambitious, as to how much they could do, and then they realize they can't. They call in a sag wagon, and we toss their sweaty heinies on a trailer along with their bike and haul them back <clears throat> to the multi-purpose event center we have here in town. Been on supply routes, um, so we make sure that all the supplies, you know, toilet paper, and then um, there's drink mixes, pickle juice, uh, all kinds of fruit, you know, to help get these people through it. And then really for the past, uh, what is it, 2023? Yeah, probably 10 to 12 years. I've been radio support. So uh, I really like it. Uh, get to go sit my chubby bearded butt in the truck for the most part. Um, get to play on my ham radio. And uh, I've only had to call in for like helicopter once. Had a pretty bad crash. And I think somebody broke their hip or something. <clears throat> it can get pretty wild out there on the course. So if you're really into bicycling, uh, this is a fun ride to do. And it's not just like Texans and Oklahomans. Like we have people every year from all over the world that show up. I mean, we had a whole family that came from Australia a few years ago just to participate in this and say they did it. So there you go. Hotter than hell hundred. That's number four on our list. So let's jump on down to number five. And this place or this uh, festival is called Hogtoberfest. Um, crowned the wild hog capital of Texas. Ben Wheeler, Texas, is the host of Hogtoberfest. Um, this festival is the fourth weekend in October. They have a parade, food, and other fun activities. Uh, ben Wheeler is a small town located in Van Zandt County uh, over in East Texas between Canton and Tyler. It's beautiful over there. <clears throat> um, I know they have quite a bit of feral hog hunting over there, so that's probably where Hogtoberfest came from. So a little history on Ben Wheeler, because I couldn't find just a whole lot on Hogtoberfest. Um, it was first settled in the 1840s by a Kentucky farmer named, you guessed it, Benjamin F. Wheeler. Um, the original town was known as Clue, I guess. Clue or Clough, K-L-O-U-G-H. Clough, I don't know. Um, if you say, if you spell it with a T-H, it'd be though. I don't know. Um, so it was after a prominent local farmer, George W. Clover Clue. Uh, the community was renamed Ben Wheeler in 1878 after the town's post office was relocated to its present town site. 
The community was beset by many hardships in its early years, including a 1893 fire, which destroyed most of the town's businesses. That happened a lot back in that time. By 1896, the population reached 500, but then disaster struck again uh, by way of the smallpox epidemic, which happened, reduced the number of residents to less than half. Holy smokes, 238 by 1904. <clears throat> They were somewhat insulated from the effects of the Great Depression um, because the East Texas oil boom that was going on. Uh, ben Wheeler showed to have 18 businesses and a population of 375 in 1943. And then, of course, as things usually do, the oil boom subsided and area cotton production fell. However, Ben Wheeler began a decline, which led to the closing of all but nine area businesses by 1972 and the con uh, consolidation of its schools um, with those in nearby Van, Texas. By 1988, however, um, there was a lot of growth happening in you know, the nearby towns of Tyler and Canton. Uh, the number of operating businesses in ben, ben Wheeler has grown again to 22. <clears throat> and in 2000, the community was home to an estimated 400 residents. Um, I, I read there's a couple, uh, Brooks and Reese Gremmels who are kind of revitalizing the town a little. And, uh, Hogtoberfest is just one of the fun festivals they have there. Apparently these people bought up some of the old, uh, business buildings and, and land and stuff like that. And they're kind of revitalizing, revitalizing the place. So, <clears throat> you know, Brooks and Reese Gremmels, if you guys listen to this podcast or somebody shoots it, uh, your way, you know, good on you guys for doing that. I'd love to do that, and I'd, I'd love to call and bend your a little bit about how you're doing it and what you're doing. So good on you, and y'all keep it up. Number six, the National Cowboy Symposium and Celebration. That's a mouthful. <clears throat> this is held in Lubbock, Texas. This event celebrates the cowboy and the Western way of life. The festival features, of course, a parade, cowboy poetry, and music. Uh, traditional Western activities like horseback riding and cattle driving. Per their website, <clears throat> the purpose of the National Cowboy Symposium and Celebration remains to celebrate, preserve, and pass along our American Western heritage and cowboy culture for those who know and love it, and for those who have never known it before to learn from and enjoy it as well. The event includes entertainers, poetry and storytelling, Western writers and authors panels, film and movie seminars, a Youth Wild West Day, horse handling demonstrations, a horse-themed parade, Native American Indian activities and presentations, the ever-popular Chuck Wagon Cook-Off, and exhibits of Western artworks and merchandise. That was straight from their website. This really sounds like a great event. It's held every year in September, so scoot on out to Lubbock and check it out. If you've never had an opportunity to go to Lubbock, then, you know, go check it out. Can't say much about it. I'm going to be cruising through there in a couple of weeks, I reckon. <clears throat> Heading out to Cloudcroft, New Mexico. Anyway, number seven is the Crazy Water Festival. Now, this one sounds really interesting, um, but this is another of your, uh, and, and I don't want to make it sound bad, but it's kind of your run-of-the-mill type festivals, but it's sponsored by a company called Crazy Water. And so when you hear Crazy Water Festival, you're like, oh man, this is kind of weird, but I don't want to say run-of-the-mill run type festival. That sounds mean. 
Um, it's your typical type festival, but man, the town uh, that it's held in is really cool. Uh, mineral Wells, Texas is actually named for wells in the area that do have a lot of minerals in them. <clears throat> they were believed to have healing powers and were super popular in the early 1900s, just like Medicine Park, Oklahoma, which you've heard me talk about. They have the beautiful and huge historic Baker Hotel. Um, if you guys have not seen this thing, check it out. Um, they've got their own Facebook page. They're remodeling this thing. <clears throat> it's currently in the process of being remodeled, and I'm really looking forward to seeing it open up because it's such just a crazy cool place. But I want to talk about crazy water a little bit. Obviously, you know, Mineral Wells gets its name from this and, and the healing powers, and so I thought, you know, I'm going to look up crazy water. Crazy water is a brand of bottled water that's bottled right there in Mineral Wells. And after looking at their website, they had a little history in it, and it says this, and I thought it was cool, so I wanted to add it on. So it states on their website, Legend has it that back in 1881, there was an old, crazy woman who would spend her day sitting next to the well drinking the mineral water. People quickly noticed that the old lady's crazy began to look more like everyone else's normal. So thousands of people flocked to the magical well, christening it the Crazy Well. Among them, Ed Dismuke, whose doctor recently delivered the news that there was no remedy for his life-threatening stomach disease. Facing a doctor prognosis of no hope, Mr. Dismuke began drinking the magical water from the Crazy Well. Before long, his stomach ailed no more. It's a miracle. In 1904, his health restored, Mr. Dismuke founded the famous Mineral Well Water Company. I guess it is from this that uh, Crazy Water is founded today. So I haven't actually had any Crazy Water. I might look that up. Next time I'm down there, I might have some. Uh, and they've now created this festival that has, of course, you know, games and street art, car shows and music, many other things as part of their festival. Uh, it's held annually the first Saturday in October. And so, I don't know, I may need to talk to my wife. If uh, if we can get down there, we usually have a family reunion around that time, but if we can get down there, we might jet down there. Check it out. Plus, Mineral Wells, man, that's just a cool place. So if anybody from Mineral Wells hears this, uh, sorry about saying it was a run-of-the-mill type festival. I have not been. I'm sure, I'm sure it's a cool festival. You know, no harm, no foul on that. Uh, I love Mineral Wells. It is such a cool, cool town. Number eight on our list, and the final one that I'm going to be talking about, is the Texas Renaissance Festival. For two months every fall, the Texas Renaissance Festival, which was started in 1974, transforms the small town of Todd Mission, Texas, near Houston, into a magical world of knights, kings, queens, and jousting tournaments. This is a festival for all ages, where you can experience medieval life firsthand and enjoy various live performances, shopping, and delicious food. Based on their website, it is the largest Renaissance festival in the country, not just in Texas, with over a half million visitors annually, which just blows my mind. I know there's another uh, Renaissance-type fair festival uh, in Waxahachie, I think, um, and it's large. We've actually been to that, had a great time. So, you know, go check out the Texas Renaissance Festival or any of those other Renaissance festivals around um, they're pretty cool. We've been. We like them. 
other random festivals and events that I found, but I'm not really going into the uh, Billy the Kid Festival, which I kind of thought would have been held in Heiko since Heiko claims that he died there as Brushy Bill Roberts. Of course, uh, Fort Sumner, New Mexico claims that he died there at the hand of Sheriff Pat Garrett. Um, but no, the Billy the Kid Festival is held in El Paso. And I couldn't really figure out much as to why they do it there, other than I guess he spent a lot of time there. Might have actually spent time in jail there. I'm not sure. But, you know, I mean, festival on an outlaw. Why not? And it gives you a reason to go to El Paso. Another one, the Port Aransas, Texas Sand Fest. They've got lots of sand down there, so I guess having a festival about the sand, probably a good thing. The Ennis, Texas Polka Festival. So if you're into polka, there you go. The Grand Prairie Hatch Chili Festival, <laughs> which just cracks me up because uh, my dad picked up a bunch of hatch chilies one time out in New Mexico. They were having a big sale, so he picked up basically a truckload of them and came home and was just eating the heck out of them. And he com- he's a doctor. And uh, my sister, who's also a doctor, um, was talking to him one day, and Dad's really griping about all these blisters in his mouth, and he just has no idea where they're coming from. And then my little sister gets to talking to Mom the next day about some stuff, and Mom mentions that Dad's just eating these hatch green chilies like crazy. <laughs> my little sister had to call my dad back and say, Dude, it's probably from the hatch green chilies. And so he quit eating them. And uh, basically a lot of the skin and stuff on the inside of his mouth started coming off. He was, uh, I guess, burning uh, burning his mouth off with these hatch green chilies. Uh, and another one is the Jefferson, Texas Bigfoot Conference. Uh, I've had friends go to that uh, that are really into to Bigfoot and checking it out. So uh, I heard that was a really cool place. So there you go. Let's kind of let's kind of shut this rodeo down a little bit. What do y'all think? That's eight interesting festivals or events that I found here in Texas. What did I miss? I know there's people from Texas that are listening to this thing. Did I miss a festival in your town? Shoot me a message. Let me know. Get on themichaelmitchell.com. You can get my email on there. Send me a nasty gram that says, by God, you missed such and such festival in such and such town, and shame on you. And you know what? I'm sure I'll talk more again about some other festivals, and I'll add it in. Love to add it into future podcasts. I would like to thank our sponsors again, of course, uh, me and America's Mortgage Company. Um, keep in mind, if you know someone moving to or in Texas, send them my way to themichaelmitchell.com because I am the Michael Mitchell. And remember, we sell dreams, not mortgages. I love helping people get into homes, especially here in Texas. Thank you all for tuning in to my podcast. Uh, That was kind of fun. Gave me some uh, places I need to go check out. As always, remember, the stars at night are big and bright. Deep in the heart of Texas. Y'all have a great week.